Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Sam Kahn covers Texas OU at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas on Saturday, and he joins us now on 365 Sports. Sam, this is the first time since 2008 they're both unbeaten. Uh, they've had others, of course, every year's a big year. But after last year's 49-0 shellacking, where usually Texas has been on the other side of getting thumped, how important is this game for OU to get some of their turf back? Yeah, it's huge because losing that way, it's one thing to lose Red River Shootout. It's a whole other thing to lose it in that fashion. It was pretty bad. And granted, there were circumstances that no Dylan Gabriel – you know, I think Davis Bellwood, quarterback, obviously struggled mightily in that game. And they're in a much better position there now. If, you know, if Gabriel were to get hurt, Jackson Arnold, you know, the former five-star we know here from the state of Texas, you're in a much better position. But this is just about, I think, gaining some pride back. Uh, for one, it's uh, this team wants to be competitive, and, and this is going to have some conference title implications. Uh, both of these teams are on track right now as it sits to get to the – Big 12 championship game. Maybe they get a chance to see each other again in Arlington. Uh, so, if, if you want to stay in that or stay ahead of that that race, this is critical in that that aspect too. And, and lastly, I would say this for Oklahoma: if you have your sights set on the college football playoff this year, obviously winning the conference is a big part of that. But when you look at the rest of their schedule, there's nothing there that really allows you a signature win. Uh, you know, you've got Kansas is a good team on the road. BYU has been good off to a good start. You know, maybe TCU at the end of the year, you know, West Virginia has been better. But none of those wins would have the impact on your resume that a win over Texas would, whereas Texas already has the win over Bama, which I think is going to carry them for a while. So so that that's another aspect I think that's a little bit underrated in this aspect. Sam, uh, on the field matchup-wise, what does Oklahoma have to do – to limit Texas and to maybe highlight what they have going on there. That you know, they had 50 points last week. The offense is starting to come alive, but they don't have near the weapons, at least experience-wise, that Texas does. Yeah, I think they're gonna have to limit the run game first and foremost, because everything that Texas does offensively and everything that works well with Keith Sarkeesian's offense starts with a run game. Because if Texas is able to run the ball, then they're able to use the play action pass and they're able to go attack downfield. That's the one thing that I think has been 
a really pleasant surprise for Texas is that so many people were concerned about Bijan and Roshan and, and those guys going off the NFL. Well, who's going to be the, the guy? Jonathan Brooks is pretty darn good, and they've got some other guys too, but he's really broken out. And so I think being able to contain him has got to be priority one for Oklahoma. Uh, and then on the other side, if you're Oklahoma, you want to be able to win uh, offensively at the line of scrimmage against this defensive line. Now, Oklahoma hasn't run the ball very well. That This is not a team that's going to necessarily run it down your throat. Uh, but they want they want to go fast. They want to throw the ball downfield. And they, I think they have to have some presence, whether it's just moving the chains a little bit, just some threat of a run game, or whether it's in the screen game. Or, or some extension of the run in the pass game, they're going to have to find a way to keep Texas moving and, and, and off balance a little bit because if if you let Texas, Texas will beat you up on the line of scrimmage. They did Alabama. Uh, so I think it's going to be – I think you're, you're going to see Oklahoma use that tempo as much as they can to their advantage. Sam, I mean, was Brett Yormark kind of damned if he did, damned if he didn't, was showing up to, or not showing up to this game? I mean, it was kind of funny. The the hand-wringing, <laughs> had he shown up, you know, would have been there, but he doesn't go, and it's it's just the it's an ugly divorce, I guess. Nah, I mean, I don't, I don't really care. Like, it, right. it doesn't matter to me if he shows up. The fact that I would be more surprised if Greg Sankey had, hadn't said he was going to show up. So the fact that he's there, uh, I think is appropriate for the fact that Brett Yormark isn't there in Brett already told us back in August when he visited Texas tech, that he was going to be at the last game when uh, the Texas tech plays Texas in Austin. So he's already seen OU. And so now we know he'll go see Texas on black Friday. So yeah, no, I don't think it really matters that much. I know people want to make a big deal about that. Uh, the comments that he made back in August, obviously I certainly understand Texas and OU, uh, taking some exception to that, but but other than that, I, I don't. It's not that big of a deal to me. It's all, uh, it's just all a bunch of talk and fluff, and, and ultimately nobody's going to care when the game gets kicked off. Totally agree with you. It's just kind of it's kind of funny that uh, it's just coming to an end. It's just it's just a funny situation. Uh, but uh, sticking with uh, I guess the SEC and the actual teams there right now, obviously a huge one down at College Station. The Aggies in Alabama. Um, your thoughts? I mean, Max Johnson's taking over now at quarterback. Uh, there's a lot of confidence there. Alabama slight favorites, and they've obviously had to retool a bit this season. How are you feeling about the the, uh, the tie and the Aggies? Yeah, I think this is really going to be compelling, and and I'm I'm mildly sad that it's it's not a night game because uh, it starts at 2:30, which is when Red River's ending. So I'm going to be over there doing interviews and trying to write mm-hmm. through the first half of this one. So I ain't going to be able to catch as much of what I would like, but but. They have had some really epic battles the last two years. Of course, we all remember A&M upsetting them two years ago in Kyle Field with Zach Calzada as the quarterback. And then last year, even though they were injured and, and A&M had had all of its offensive struggles, they were a play away from winning that game in, in Tuscaloosa. So I expect it's going to be another tight, hotly contested game this year. Uh, I, I, dare I say, I think you have to feel better about where A&M is, A&M is offensively right now than you do Alabama. I think Jalen Milrose certainly starting to get it together, and, and I think they're starting to build some momentum offensively. But I, when you look at the, the – there's no, there's really nowhere that A&M, I think, has a talent disadvantage. The roster's in really good shape. I went and saw them in a couple weeks ago when they played Auburn, and just the amount of talent on that defensive line, my goodness. I mean, they're, they have got dudes after dudes after dudes uh, that can really get after the pass or they can – that can stuff the run. 
And so I would not be shocked if this is a low-scoring game uh, just because I, th- I think A&M's defense can keep it that way. And then I, I can totally see it, it, Jimbo Fisher not trying to necessarily, you know, air the ball out, so to speak. Uh, but, but they do have the talent if they want to. And that's going to be the fascinating thing is that I think when these teams play, and especially when A&M plays Alabama, uh, I know Jimbo's not the primary play caller anymore, but I would imagine he's heavily involved in the game plan this week because he always seems to have a little something in the back pocket, whether it's uh, some extra motion, some extra formations, things that you don't see in the first half of the season all of a sudden seem to pop up when they play Alabama. So that's something I'll, I'll be curious to see. Uh, how different they look offensively when they play the Tide. Sam, is this a bit of a like a pressure game, and, and you know a pressure back half of the season here for Jimbo in that they hired him to come and win the SEC West and compete for national titles. This is the best opportunity that anybody not named Alabama or LSU will have to win the SEC West. If they don't do it this year, it kind of begs the question: uh, When is that going to happen? Yeah, no doubt. I think uh, there there is some degree of that for sure because it does feel really wide open in the SEC West. Now, if you saw LSU take another loss, obviously this Alabama team is not as good as it has been. And then you look at the rest of that schedule that they have, it's pretty manageable. Again, when you look at the talent on the roster, um, if you want to say that it may be a little bit tougher because Connor Wegman's not in the lineup and you got Max Johnson, I can get with that. But I think Max Johnson is plenty capable. He, he, he to me, uh, is one of the better backup quarterbacks out there. And I, he runs the offense well. He knows it. He's got plenty of experience. I think before he started the Auburn game uh, or the Arkansas game, he had had 17 SEC starts under his belt. So this is a guy that's been around. And so I, I don't see a reason to think that they can't contend for the SEC West just because John says that I think as long as they maintain some really good luck health wise, uh, you know, especially up front, uh, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be competing for that. And that's why I think if you're an A&M fan, win or lose against Alabama, there you should really have a strong second half of the season based on the way the schedule looks out. You should not be losing to Ole Miss. You should not be losing to Mississippi State, which is something A&M has a bad habit of doing. You go look at the years that they're eight and four or whatever, the Mississippi schools are the ones that trip them up. There's no reason to lose those schools this year. A&M, from a personnel standpoint, is better than them. Sam, uh, in Waco on Saturday night, uh, Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders coming in at two and three. Bears two and three after the miraculous win over uh, UCF. Obviously, there's some crossover with these staffs. doesn't have quite the heat that it had in the first meeting a year ago in Lubbock, but... Uh, obviously, whoever wins this game is going to be sitting in pretty good position given how the season started for both. I mean, they'll be you know above 500 in Big 12 play. They'll be 500 on the year. What are your thoughts about what you've seen from both and kind of how all that plays into the uh, situation on Saturday night? Yeah, this is a really big one for both of these teams for, for the reasons you stated. I think you do not want to really fall behind and have two conference losses this early in, in the season. Uh, and both of these teams need positive momentum. I mean, Baylor obviously got a big boost of it in that comeback against UCF. And, and you, you really would like, if you're Baylor, I think you'd really like to see them start fast uh, because that offense, you felt like they finally got a groove. They were able to move the ball downfield consistently in the last two and a half quarters of that game. 
to, to have long extended drives. And that's something I think we haven't seen enough of this year. And so can you do that out of the gate? And if you can, then maybe you can take control of this game early. If you're tech, uh, obviously this is a team that we all had high expectations for. Uh, Joey McGuire didn't shy away from it. He, he welcomed them. He talked about them openly about trying to win the Big 12. If you're going to be that program, then you need to go in there and win this game. You need to go go and win this game in Waco. And also, I'm sure there's a little bit of pride there. You, we talked about Oklahoma and, and Texas, and it wasn't maybe quite that bad of a of a score margin, but it was a spanking. Baylor spanked them in Lubbock last year. Mm-hmm. They ran rough shot over Texas Tech's defense, and I imagine Tim DeRue is probably reminding his team of that, and, and they're going to want to try to figure out a way to not allow that to happen this week. But, uh, yeah, I think I think both of these teams obviously have a little bit of positive build on. Tech, obviously, with the strong second half against U of H last week, that that's a really big boost for them. But this is, I think, this is to some degree a must-win for each of these teams just because of they want to be able to keep pace in this conference race. I did ask Joey yesterday. We had him on, Joey McGuire. And one of the questions, Sam, you're talking about how they took that momentum and they absolutely accepted the hype. And that he actually asked his team whether or not he had put too much kind of like pressure on them. And they're not reacting to that. So that'll be interesting to see how they react to that. And also what happens if, in fact, they don't win. Because we do know that they were the, like the so-called dark horse. Texas was the obvious choice this year. And um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting. And plus the the uh, intermixings of the conference, the schedule, excuse me, between or the coaching staff between Texas Tech and former Baylor guys. Hey, have fun. I will text you the updates of Alabama A&M for you on your phone. I, will keep I appreciate you updated. that. All right. <laughs> Thank Thanks you, so Sam. much, guys. I'll take care. Have a great time. Sam's on his way to pick up one of his children, and we appreciate his time jumping on with us here on 365 Sports. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.